Mostly homeboys with the same niggas I'm rhyming with But this is hip-hop and them niggas should know what time it is And that goes for Jermaine Cole, Big Crit Wale Pusha T, Meek Mills, ASAP Rocky, Drake Big Sean, J Electron, Tyler Macmillan I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you niggas Trying to make sure your core fans never heard of you niggas They don't want to hear not one more now, no verb from you niggas These fiery bars send shockwaves throughout hip-hop with living legends like Cassidy and Fabulous responding to the verse alongside seasoned veterans like Lupe Fiasco and B.O.B., rising stars like Joey Badass and King Los, and even superstars like Kevin Hart. But this isn't about those rappers. This is about the actual effect of the gauntlet Lamar threw down to the 11 artists he specifically mentioned by name. I'm using Metacritic scores to judge growth for the simple reason that's an aggregator, meaning it provides a somewhat balanced view of the album. To be honest, I have very strong opinions on every rapper on this list, and there's a few I've stopped listening to because something about them didn't quite fit my musical tastes. We'll go in the order Lamar mentioned the named rappers, discussing their album scores pre and post control. I think it's interesting Kendrick not only dropped J. Cole's name first, but also referred to him by his real name. Kendrick and Cole have always been intertwined, despite only releasing three songs together. High Power in 2012, Forbidden Fruit in 2014, and the Black Friday Double in 2015. Kendrick and Cole almost remind me of LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Similar to James and Wade, both of them shared a rookie year but competed with each other throughout their careers. We've been waiting for them to unite a la the 2011 Heat team, but that seems more and more like a fantasy as time goes on. J. Cole's star has risen in recent years, but it seems the critics weren't quite as kind. I personally love 2014 Forest Hill Drive, but according to the Metacritic aggregate, there was only one album that even matched the peak of J. Cole's debut. I think this might be where some of the divisiveness J. Cole's experience begins to show itself. His die-hard fans represent for him as well as his Dreamville clique, whereas everyone else seems to dismiss him as boring and unoriginal. His numbers were surprisingly low to me, and albeit consistent, which raises an interesting question on what matters more, quality of an album or consistency of a career. Big Crit is one of those guys your friend would describe as the best rapper you've never heard of. Besides the modern classic posse cut that was One Train, Crit was introduced to me by a friend of mine who lived in Birmingham, about two hours away from Big Crit's hometown in Meridian, Mississippi. I always wonder if the Deep South was where his influence would stop, and it kind of seems like it has, despite the critical acclaim of his first two post-control projects. This sort of regional hero status affects a lot of rappers, but the South is such a hotbed of trends and talent that the double-edged sword of living and creating in an area that, that dictates so many trends can make or break a lot of artists. After label issues caused him to leave Def Jam, his scores began to dip, culminating in a critically disappointing 2019 release. Wale might be one of the saddest hip-hop stories as far as industry treatment goes. I swear the entire All City Chess Club squad has been cursed with label issues. Asher Roth, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, The Cool Kids, Diggy Simmons, Dosage, Blue, J. Cole, Lupe Fiasco, every single artist in that clique has had some sort of issue with their record company. His affiliation with Rick Ross's Maybach Music Group is always very interesting to me since MMG doesn't quite seem to align with Wale's musical style, but after nearly 10 years of that label, it's encouraging to see that he's found a home. The absolute freefall of Wale's stature is baffling. Only three artists on this list are missing Metacritic scores, and Wale's reason for missing scores seems to be because not enough people reviewed them. I actually really, really like the album About Nothing, and while it's not setting the world on fire, it's certainly better than the 66 score that he received. 
He's released albums every two years since his debut, and he's also released a ton of mixtapes and is constantly on TV with ESPN and the WWE, so I don't know what more he needs to do to get people excited about a new Wale project. Pusha T is a unique case in this list because everything he did pre-control was in Clips, a duo with his brother Malice. This legendary group predates Metacritic, explaining the lack of a score for their debut album. By the time the good music president was ready to release his own music, Pusha T released back-to-back-to-back albums that were above an 80 score, with each one being better than the last. It's a shame it took a beef with Drake to put Pusha T in the mainstream, but don't let that distract you from the rising quality of his discography. There may or may not be a ceiling with how good he can be, but Pusha T has always had a good pick of producers, whether that's with his childhood friend Pharrell, label boss Kanye West, or The Dream. So I think as long as he maintains his calculating approach to hip-hop, the title of Best Rapper Alive Complex bestowed on him in 2018 might be his to lose. Meek Mill is very similar to Big Crit, but he's transcended that regional hero label through his legal fights. I'm afraid his cultural relevance might overshadow his musical influence, kind of like Nipsey Hussle, but to be honest, I'm not sure if that's really a problem. The exciting thing I see with Meek Mill is him finally having the freedom to create since he's overcome his legal issues. You can see that with his rising scores as well. After being plagued with legal trouble throughout his most of his career, he was able to focus and deliver a very good album with championships. No more Drake beef, no more legal issues, no more couple spotlights. Now with the support of Jay-Z, Robert Kraft, and Van Jones, I think he's primed to make a big impact in his future releases. ASAP Rocky has the smallest discography of any of the active rappers mentioned, but he arguably has the biggest impact on this list. He's made himself the ultimate slashy. Rapper, slash actor, slash designer, slash director, slash model. You name it, Rocky has done it. He's the face of ASAP Mob and the de facto leader of the group, which has kept his name in the hip hop sphere through a ton of features with artists all over the musical spectrum, as well as group albums with his own crew. I'm a massive fan of Rocky, mostly to at long last ASAP, his sophomore album. That being said, I completely understand why Testing didn't receive the same acclaim as his last two albums. It completely lives up to his title, but even for me, it took a while to acquire the true taste of the album. He's promised a collaborative effort with Tyler the Creator, and Rocky's next album, All Smiles, is rumored to be out soon, and it's pretty certain a third ASAP Mob album will be out eventually, but my question with Rocky is if his massive artistic ambitions can ever truly be realized. I'm not the biggest Drake fan, to be honest, and his inclusion on this list is actually one of the main reasons I chose to refer to Metacritic rather than use my own opinions. His pre-control output is easily the best of anyone on this list. The trilogy of Thank Me Later, Take Care, and Nothing Was the Same is probably up there with Kanye West and Eminem as far as the best first three albums by a rapper. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. There are probably a couple of reasons for such a collapse afterward, but my guess is the fact that Drake's main musical output isn't albums. It's singles and collections of singles. Since 2007, he has 133 singles, with 75 of those being features on other artists' songs. He's released three mixtapes, two EPs, and a compilation album since 2015. 
With that much output, it makes sense he wouldn't focus on traditional albums. That means on average, Drake releases 11 singles a year and two collections of songs a year besides traditional studio albums. Plus, he tours around once every other year. All of this has positioned Drake as the blueprint for millennial moguls, similar to how Jay-Z was for Generation X. Honestly, I could leave this entry blank and it would be a fair assessment of Jay Electronica's career to most listeners. His only album was released in 2007, a low-key, enigmatic, 15-minute project released back on MySpace. But since then, his only other output has been the Exhibit A and C singles, as well as a bevy of guest appearances, 4 on singles and 18 on albums. He's kind of the best rapper never. The talent is undeniable and his singles and the buzz around him alone got him signed to Rock Nation. But still, the lack of output, despite constant teases and announcements, turns him from internet urban legend to the rap equivalent of Half-Life 3, hype waning for something that should be legendary. So at the time when I wrote this, back in I think 2019 or maybe even 2018, Jay Electronica's career hadn't really, he hadn't released any music up to this point. I don't even think a written testimony had been announced at the time, much less released. Since that announcement and the release, of course, he scored at 83% on Metacritic as far as that score goes, which is incredible. I mean, that's a great score. And about two weeks ago, he did release another album he released. It's called Act 2, The Patents of Nobility, The Turn. And while that didn't have a Metacritic score, it did have a pitchfork rating of 8.7. So we have seen him starting to release music a little bit more frequently in the past year or so. I mean, two albums in one year is insane, especially in the time of COVID. So I don't know if he had been sitting on this music or if he had it ready to go, but he has released music. This article was just written before he had at that time. Control is Big Sean's song. And each artist's verse is excellent in its own right. But this is probably the best Big Sean has ever sounded to me. The score seemed to agree with Hall of Fame, the album that this song was originally supposed to appear on, being tied for his best album so far. Big Sean is really one of the reasons why I chose Metacritic rather than sales. His affiliation with good music almost guarantees him good commercial results. And his two collaborative albums, one with former girlfriend Janae Aiko, and one with star producer Metro Boomin definitely keeps him in the blogosphere but critically he's never really been a darling kind of being a cult hero who critics keep waiting for him to break out of everyone on this list Tyler the Creator has been the most fluid musically Goblin and Wolf were sarcastic juvenile masterpieces that make up another fantastic trilogy along with the depends on who you ask mixtape or debut album of Bastard which ranked on Complex's top 50 albums list. After those three albums, his style began to change with the punkish Cherry Bomb being the catalyst. Flower Boy is an absolute masterpiece, delving into identity and love and sexuality while maintaining his introspective rowdiness and raucous thoughtfulness over a perfectly sequenced album. Igor was a worthy successor and seems to mark a transition to a more R&B style, similar to Childish Gambino. And similar to Childish Gambino, I have a question if Tyler Crater's rap career is over and his singing career has just begun. Before his death, Mac Miller was really starting to come into his own as an artist. 
Blue Slide Park was abysmal, even by fan standards. But by his sophomore release, Miller had recaptured the essence of his mixtapes, albeit in a more grown-up way. He was still improving over his next three albums, and I personally don't think he had even peaked yet. Swimming was his highest rated album, although I think The Defined Feminine is his best project. Mac really started to explore musically as time went on, incorporating elements of R&B and funk into his hip-hop, becoming one of the most well-rounded artists of his generation. Drugs were a major part of his music, which is the ultimate double-edged sword for an artist like Mac. So much of what he did was run by emotions, which created some amazing art. But that amazing art was based on experience, and that took a toll on him. Even though drugs aren't anything new to hip-hop, or any sort of music for that matter, having a habit that went from weed to codeine to pills, incorporating professional highs and personal lows, things unfortunately were always going to be teetering on a knife's edge. Rest in peace, Mac. Again, this article was written before Circles had come out, and I didn't want to leave that Mac Miller entry on a bad note. And I did want to mention, you know, just for, you know, in artist integrity's sake and for accuracy's sake, that Swimming scored an 83. Whether or not this higher score was because it was a posthumous release, I don't think it matters, and I don't care. Mac Miller was an absolute visionary, and he was an all-time great artist, and he laid the groundwork for a lot of vibe rappers, which, you know, those guys who really make you feel through hip-hop in ways that you didn't think that rap ever could. I just wanted to, you know, really, really tell you from the heart that Mac meant a lot to me and a lot of my friends as well, and his legacy will not soon be forgotten. Of the 11 artists Kendrick Lamar mentioned, We've seen some of the greatest rappers of all time emerge. Pusha T is the veteran throwback, a man out of time being an idol turned rival as a sort of reminder to hip hop's grittier days, like watching Vince Carter dunk on a hyped rookie. Tyler the Creator and ASAP Rocky have transcended hip hop in ways that personify the DIY ethos of Los Angeles skaters and the flashy hustle of Harlem drug dealers. Drake turned into a commercial powerhouse that put an entire country on the hip-hop map, energizing Toronto into a hotbed for undiscovered talent. Meek Mill capitalized on his struggles and rebuilt himself into a paragon of criminal justice reform. J. Cole, the self-proclaimed middle child of rap, is hip-hop's most promising label boss, the Dreamville label having some of the fastest rising stars in rap. Big Crit and Wale seemed primed for breakouts, but lost their footing despite their status in their hometowns. And Mac Miller's death snuffed out a promising light, but he had successfully carved out his own lane, paving the way for rappers like Juice World, Lulu Vert, and Lil Peep. But I think the most amazing artist is the one who challenged the rap world to begin with. Since Control, Kendrick Lamar has released two albums. To Pimp a Butterfly scored a 96. And Damn scored a 95. The person who's jumped the highest is the one who set the bar. Kendrick Lamar has turned himself into the undisputed king of hip-hop, even telling the threats to his throne that they have a free shot at home. Omar Little's wisdom holds true. When you come at the king, you best not miss.